Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Tonight, Panorama focuses on the terrace gangs who follow one small second division club, Millwall, in London's Dockland. And that is involved, including in our film, language you don't usually hear on television. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Yes, that's one oh dear for each goal we conceded today. Welcome, my friends around the globe. Welcome once again to Achtung Millwall, the number one Millwall podcast. My name is, of course, Nick Hart. And once again, we are gathered on a Sunday morning to consider the strange case of Millwall Football Club. Two defeats in seven days have deflated the Lions' hopes quicker than a run on the pound if Jeremy Corbyn gets voted in as Labour Party leader. Ooh, a little bit of politics there for you. First up, we've got a micro-report from Tuesday night's disappointing but merely disagreeable defeat at home to Barnet. Then the full horror of today's shambles. And shambles is Bomber Harris's words, not mine, incidentally against Coventry at the Den, nil four, as we all know. Finally, Harry Warren and I pick over the carcass of today's defeat, like two vultures who have stumbled across Cecil the Lions shortly after a visit from a dentist from Minnesota. Bit more politics there for your listeners. Tuesday night at the Den, listeners. We're facing the orange and black hoops, might of Barnet in the League Cup round one. Um, just the upper tiers of the Cold Blow Lane end and the West Sad stand open, I believe. So we're just not going to do a full match report for you tonight, listeners. We're going to just do a little um, pre-match, half-time and post-match piece. I might drag Crazy Horse into comment at some stage. Um, so team lineup, we've got Jordan Archer making his um, debut in goal. I've just, I've just wobbled Crazy Horse's phone so that the team lineup he had it for, carefully lined up for me, disappeared in, in a flash. So 
hang on, I'll be right back to you. I won't touch you this time. So, Jill Narter in goal, Sid Nelson, Byron Webster, Tony Craig, and Shane Ferguson in defence. Uh, Fred Onya Dimmer, Ed Upson, Sean Williams, and Lee Martin across the midfield. Up front, we've got John Marquis, John Lewisham, John, and Steve Morrison. So, slight changes from Saturday's lineup. Um, interesting, Ferguson is coming into the defence. I would have put him further forward. Substitutes, Paul Beavers, Powell Cummings, Cowan Hall, Phil Pot, and Gregory. So, We'll see how we get on, listeners, and we'll check in with you at half-time. Bye for now. Mm. Half-time, listeners. We will trail to a 11th-minute penalty to Barnet. Very much second-best in that first half of football. We've been made to look like the... League two side, whilst Barnet have looked like the upper division turnout. Um, poor defensive display. I'm going to see if Neil Crazy Horse Andrews was to say anything to the listening public about that half of football. It was never a penalty, was it? Won the ball cleanly. But we've, we've not looked comfortable in defence, Neil. No, no. Um, although I would say that until they got that penalty, Barnet didn't look like they were at the races, really. It was all Mill Wall. Lovely ball from Morrison to put Martin through. Martin should have scored. The defender should have scored and it rebounded off him as well. But apart from that, we've had nothing. Nothing going We've forward. had no luck, that's for sure. I, I personally feel we don't look comfortable in defence. So we're playing um, Ferguson on as a left-back, Sid Nelson at right-back. Um, neither look truly comfortable in those, those two roles. Uh, Webster looks like a gentle giant, unsuited to rough games of football. Um, so if... Defensively, I think we look a little fragile. One good opportunity, as Neil says, about mid, uh, midway through the first half, latter part of the first half. Should have been buried by me. Lee Martin didn't take it. Neil won at the break. Let's hope for better in the second half, listeners. Stay tuned. Well, there's a full-time whistle. One each. Much improved second half. Um... Some good opportunities for Mill there, Neil. Missed penalty, a couple of Morrison chances, gone astray. But nice goal to equalise. Extra 30 minutes for 15 quid, what a bargain. <laughs> there we get extra time, listeners. The pleasure maximised. So 30 minutes extra time to settle this on the night we hope. Big difference for me in the second half. Cowan Hall coming into the game. It's looked much more dangerous going forwards. On your dim was pushed further forwards. Uh, and Archer both play well at the back. Yeah, Webster you like. I'm not so sure about Webster. but yeah, that's because he looks like Steve Lomas. He does Steve look Lomas. very much like an elongated version of Steve Lomas. Uh, but an improved performance on that first half showing, certainly. There have been a lot of chances that have gone begging, and um, that's a slight cause for concern, but on another day they may have gone in. So anyway, extra time looms, listeners. Extra time looms. Half-time of extra time, and we are behind 2-1 now, listeners. Um, I thought we'd actually improved in that start, that early period. But we conceded a sloppy goal, really. Barnett's forwards simply too strong for our defence, Neil, would you agree? Yeah, we started knocking the ball long again. Um, when we do it down the wings, we seem to find them. We're not doing that enough, really, are we? No, we look a little bit second-best towards the second uh, part of that first 15. So just 15 minutes remain for us to... Something out of a long, long night, listeners. Let's hope. 
Well, the last few seconds of a long night, listeners. Full, full time is looming. End of the second period of extra time still. Mill one, Barnet two. League Cup exit looms. Probably deservedly so on the balance of play overall. One last attempt forwards here for Millwall. Uh, it's ups and on the head. Shot on goal from uh, Beavers. Take them near post. That's probably going to be it. Um, deservedly so? I don't know. What do you think, Neil? Deservedly exit for Millwall? Yeah, probably. Um, I, can't, I can't really see much. Um, Barnett probably out-muscled us going forwards. We didn't uh, take our chances. We created plenty of chances. And I think overall, yeah, it's going to be a deserved exit when the final whistle blows, which should be any minute soon. There it is. The League Cup dream is over for another season, again. Full-time, Mill 1, Barnet 2. Listeners, happy as can be, we're back at the den in Bermondsey. Starting all season at the home to Coventry City today, dear listeners. I suppose you'd call them one of the bigger clubs in this division, wouldn't you? Um, Cup winners, 1987, not that long out of the Premier League. Difficult test for Lions, I think, today. Um, welcome to Acton Millwall. I should do an introduction of many kind of professionalised podcast. My name is Nick Hart, you're listening to Acton Mill, the number one Mill podcast. And here come the teams, as you can hear. Today's team news. David Fallen goal for the Lions. Sean Cummings, Webster, oh dear, in defence, Craig and Peters on the left. Midfield, Fred, Upson, oh dear, Willie Unders, centre defence, and then uh, Lee Martin, wide. Morrison and Gregory up front, a promising looking partnership up front. Not so sure, I'm going to be really frank. I set my stall out from the very start about Byron. Um, I think he looked a little bit soft in the week, and I think he looks a little bit out of his depth, listeners. Um, Upson has also been a little anonymous, but I'm hoping for better, clearly. Tough call today, Coventry managed by that wily old campaigner, Tony Mowbray. He of the miserable exterior, but can he operate our, especially at third division level? So, big test for us today. on a late attack here into the last minute of the injury time they're passing the ball around well Webster was just passed by like a, like a lamppost when you're driving on a motorway um, they're holding the ball on they're passing it back so I think the, the immediate danger was lost now but when they get the ball forwards they've looked quite bright and sharp Mill um, by contrast have looked leaden in defence been turned inside out by their, by their um, neat interplay and we've looked very much second best defensively going forwards we've faded a couple of long shots um, from distance another long shot from there Wee, and Ford has taken it excellent you can tell by the ironic cheers listeners why um, there's a lack of confidence in that defence and in David Ford's ability to follow play at times um, as it is we're coming up to the last few seconds of the game so we'll just stay with it up to the half time whistle there it is let that do it's talking for you at the half-time break, Mill nil, Coventry 3. That was painful viewing for all Millwall fans within the stadium today. 
huge amount of pre-match optimism talking to people outside a lot of people looking forward to the season winning at home getting back to normality again all the things that we've been yearning for for so long and then we get that whole heap of shit dollops, uh, dollops up to us bright start early penalty not taken and then Coventry have just out past us going forwards turned our defence one way and the other betwixt them uh, be this way and that and um, we're deservedly three goals behind we've not really looked dangerous a couple of late long, long range shots and that's been about it from the real perspective poor 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 we're going to be right back after these messages however this is Naomi Cole Millwall Lioness's defender and you're listening to Acton Millwall Tweets at half time. Stuart Mace says we've been taught a lesson here on closing down and wide play. I hope Harris is learning from these more experienced managers. I think you're right, Stuart. I think that we have been taught a lesson today. Um, we've looked very naive in defence um, and maybe a little bit basic in our approach, whereas Coventry have actually passed the ball quite neatly. I do make you right. I think Tony Mowbray is an experienced manager. Clearly knows his way around the Championship and also, in fairness, to League One. So. We have looked very much second best in that first half. Man in block 11 wants to withdraw his article praising David Ford in this, this month's um, CBL magazine. Too late, man in block 11. I'm afraid you've put pen to paper and you have now the curse of the writer. Who, those whom you praise will go and fuck up, especially in the middle of the shirt. Charlie Mahoney, one of our regular co-hosts on the show, going to get him on the show soon. Says, what a clown this Webster is. Put Nelson back in the side immediately. I do agree with Charlie. I mean, it just doesn't look up to the mark to me. I, mean, I wish he did. I want him to do well. He's a big boy. Um, it just reminds me of the farm, the stupid farmhand. Um, Downton Abbey or something. You know, the kind of bloke you might entrust to uh, servicing the tractor or something. But you certainly wouldn't put him in charge of the farm's finances or anything of that kind. Mark Litchfield says, you can't blame the manager, Neil Harris, for ludicrous defensive decisions, plus awful goalkeeping. Likewise, if the penalties had been scored, we'd still be free run down. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a defensive issue, Mark. I make you right. It was awful defending. Uh, Paul's been caught so far off his line. He's uh, schoolboy era stuff. I, I do agree with you there. That said, it's Harris who's picking the side. So the signs have been there for those of us who have watched the CD Tom Dale again. To an extent, the, uh, the the brief moment where Shrewsbury came back, back into it, and very much so last Tuesday night's um, events at the Den. I mean, anyone that was there that night would say we've got a defensive problem. John Kelly of the uh, news, news, uh, news at Den uh, says it's hard to see what changes can be made at half-time to turn this around. Parish Cowan Hall coming on maybe, but it's not just a case of switching personnel. Um, I don't know that, I mean, I, I agree Paris Cowell made the difference on Tuesday night. We certainly looked more dangerous when he came into the game. Uh, today, this, the issue lies in the centre, some fairly fundamental parts of central defence. Also, I, I do believe Mark Beavers is not best placed on the left side of, of the defence as a left back. But he's not, done, he's not done too badly, but I just don't think it's his natural, nor comfortable position. Jimbo says, new defence, new central midfield required. Yeah, I know what you, what you mean, Jimbo. Certainly central defence um, at fault, as we've said many, many times. Central midfield, well, Jimmy will walk back into this team. There's no industry in midfield, that's for sure. 
David Bowster publishes uh, a tweet here, uh, an appeal to Ford and Webster. Look what you're doing to our team. Drop yourselves, he asks. Waste of space, hashtag. Um, I don't think they can drop themselves, David. I mean, I, you know, I know what you mean. I, I do get your, your sentiments and emotions there, mate. I don't think it's within their gift to drop themselves. I suppose they can make themselves unavailable, but that might be a breach of contract. Um, I do agree, however, that Archer in the week looked... Um, it took a bit of criticism, Jordan Archer, actually. I'm just, I was, something I was going to mention on the show. Um, I was reading the news at Den's um, three things we learned from the defeat against Barnett, and I thought actually Jordan Archer was one player that came out with a bit of credit. But they seemed to see a, a flamboyance and eccentricity in his goalkeeping that was um, made him at fault for some of it, and I, I, I disagreed with that. Certainly on today's showing, Ford can't be guaranteed to start at the moment. That first goal was shocking to concede. Webster, well, we've mentioned him to death, so I'm probably going to leave him alone now. But um, I know what you mean, David. Joe Amflett of the, the opposition. He's the, he's the Lions live radio presenter. I shouldn't even be mentioning his name. Joe, I can't disagree with you, mate. He says, sorry, Mill FC, we need a new back four. We do. And Ford has to be dropped. Probably he does, Joe, I agree. Just when you thought he couldn't get any worse, it does. It's Millwall, Joe, as we know. Um, anyway, that's the last tweet I'm going to make of Joe Amflett. And him on my show. He's from the opposition, Lions Live Radio. Not really, I've got a lot of time for Joe, he's a nice bloke. And indeed, all the Lions Live presenters, um, very different show, very different kind of format. This is a fanzine-style podcast, they're doing a formal live show, and I've got a, lot, a huge amount of time for George, who runs it there. So why not tune in to both listeners? Why not tune into this, and why not tune in to Lions Live Radio? What arm's going to do you? Enjoy it, enjoy it all, enjoy it both. We've got, there's few enough of us as it is. Substitutions can't say Bomber hasn't been bold at half time, listeners. We've got a choice be bold, with three goals behind. Ben Thompson, Shane Ferguson into the game. Beavers, oh, she dealt with. I would have moved him central and got Webster out of the game, but that doesn't seem to be the thing that you do if you're middle manager. You don't identify the real problem. You play around on the, on the flanks, don't you? Um, anyway, Webster, Webster starts the second half, unjustifiably, in my view. Ferguson's in and Ben Thompson don't know much about Ben Thompson forgive me I know he's one of our promising youngsters well here's his chance to shine there's the final whistle listeners Mill Neil Coventry City 4 um, not sure any of us completely saw that level of defeat coming I oh, know I didn't. Extremely poor show by Mill today. Very poor defensive performance. Poor midfield performance. Going forwards, we had a marginally more about us, but not a huge amount. That was a shocking defeat, home defeat, and um, a reality check, I suppose you'd call it. This is not going to be any kind of walkover of a division. Coventry looked a decent sign for me today. But there we are, Mill 4. So we could be back after these messages when Harry Warren and I have the unenviable task of picking over the bones of that particular carcass. Stay tuned if you're still with me.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. All right, um, a big, big welcome back to the show to Harry Warren. Harry, thanks for coming back on the show, mate. Uh, it's a pleasure, Nick. It's not a pleasure. It's like a car crash, mate. <laughs> it's no pleasure at all, is it? <laughs> it's why we love your wall. You, you know, you... you... You have one week and you go, oh, well, a week ago you were sitting there thinking, oh, well, we might be all right, you know, and then you lose the Barnet and, and Coventry in a week and you're like slitting your wrists. So. I was um, selling the magazine outside the stadium earlier on and, I mean, we really sold all our magazines, shifted really well, all the badges were flying off and there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people up for the season, a lot of um, optimism. And we were joking, saying that would last up to the first goal and I think it was about right, wasn't it? I mean, as soon as that first goal went in, for Coventry, um, the season was punctured immediately. It's like deflated, you know, deflate gate. It was, it was, it was weird, wasn't it? Because we had the, obviously with the chance with the penalty, and my brother went to me before he took it. He went, he's going bottom right and he'll save it. I went, I'll oh, shut up, don't say that. He went bottom right, he saved it, and I went, and this is the bit I tell you when we lose five nil. I work far wrong. <laughs> yeah. So, so maybe, maybe I should stop doing it. Maybe I should only do live in play bets. Going on, what's going on? Maybe you should ask me, not Ray Winston. I don't, I don't know. Might make a few quid if you did there, H, I tell you. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I was... We started quite brightly, I felt. Um, uh, certainly, there was no hint of what was to come when we won that early penalty. Where I was sitting, I was actually quite close to the incident, and um, it was a fair penalty. I mean, uh, there was a chance inside the six-yard box, and Gregory was kind of in and, in and amongst it, and had his ankle tapped by the goalkeeper, and down he went. I thought he won the penalty quite well. But I did have that nagging sixth sense that said he's going to miss it. Um, and I think one of the Coventry defenders was in his face slightly as he was as he was about to take, and I think he got under his skin slightly. Yeah, what? I think, and as well, I think I saw that the one, the Coventry defender you're uh, talking about, I think he told um, the goalkeeper what way to go anyway. He did. He took it. So, I think he told I the goalkeeper where the go- what was going to happen. Then he told Gregory that he told the goalkeeper he was going to put it, and it all worked out swimmingly for them. And... Um, that was that. Um, so early opportunity spurned. Um, big chance actually to take the lead against one of probably one of the more decent sides we're going to play this season. A big moment gone, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, 
they they look horrible. They look an horrible bastard side. They look uh, good with the ball. They 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 uh, they break on you. I mean that bloke up front. I said I said to my dad, where they've got, why Newcastle ain't using him in the first team? I don't know why because the runs he was making. I know we made them look good to yeah. a point, but we, yeah. That was like watching Middlesbrough last season tear us apart coming forward. You know, you, it could have been whatever they wanted it to be. I think second half, obviously, they the game was won at half-time and they sort of trotted about for the next 45 minutes. And when they got their fourth, I mean, their fourth goal, I know he's, he's, he's taken, I can see on Twitter, he's been scapegoated and whatever. But I tell you what, their fourth goal, if, if Williams watches that again, he should be embarrassed to be a professional football player and stand still and let someone run past you in the box to smash it home. It's disgraceful. I mean, it's one of the points I wanted to come on to with you. I mean, um, I was going to begin with David Ford because we've just missed the penalty down at the uh, the away end, and then within seconds, it seemed. I can't. I haven't looked at the um, you know, the, the reports. I'd, it was very shortly afterwards. Ford is lobbed from distance by the Coventry one of the wide players. I can't remember which one it is, but he was lobbed. He was way off his line. The player saw it, lobbed him very cleverly, and that was one nil. We've gone from potentially taking the lead, Harry, and then we're one goal down at the other end within seconds. Yeah, but remember, he's the best He's the best goalkeeper in Ireland, yeah? <laughs> remember that, obviously. He, he's past it. He's, I mean, I watched Archer Tuesday night against Barnet, and, you know, the, it's chalk and cheese. It's, all right, Archer did start dangerously. I mean, he tried dribbling out of his box. I think he went to full school, school of goalkeeping. Yeah. Goal. You've got to make sure everyone's shitting a brick every time you touch the ball. Um, <laughs> but he, he grew into the game. I mean, his shot stuffing was good. But Ford's been on a downward spiral for the last two to three years. Ever since that Celtic rumour was going about, he's not looked the same the same player. And, no. you know, football, football, as you, I think we've said before, you've got to kill your darlings. And Totally. Um, that's that's it with him. I don't think he's anyone's darling anymore. So I think he's definitely time to be killed. No, I mean there is the, there's the issue of the defence. We'll come on to that, and then you know the two go hand in hand, Harry, don't they? I mean the goalkeeper and defence are they're one hand, aren't they? They are they are they go intrinsically with each other. Good defence in front of a good goalkeeper, you know they're they're, they're bound together. So the defence was poor again. They've been poor. They were poor in the week. And I thought they had some rattly moments up at Shrewsbury last week, but today are appalling. Yeah, I mean, um, well, the back four in general. I mean, Webster is shit. There's no other word for him. I mean, he's. Um, I was going to ask you where you stood on the Webster questionary, but I think you've just answered that question yeah, now. There's no other word. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's to do. I think it's a Gandhi saying to do to do the same thing again and again is a definition of madness. I mean, yeah. he was no good under Holloway. No, we got rid of him under Holloway. He was bad against Barnet Tuesday night. Um, and the problem, the problem is, is people will forgive a lot of things at Millwall, but once, once someone is scapegoated, like Dunn was scapegoated his entire Millwall career, like there's been other players in the past, Mark Phillips rings a bell as well. Yeah. You know, once, once that's gone, you, you don't get it back. I mean, you'd have to score at trick every week for the next 10 weeks to just get people to go, yeah, he's all right. Because <laughs> it's that, it's that far gone now with him. I mean. Wasn't sure on Cummings last season. No. After seeing him today, he looks shit as well. I mean, to be fair, the only reason why Tony Craig's probably not getting scapegoated is because I suppose Coventry attacked Webster. I mean, they could have attacked Tony, and we could be going, "Our oh, Tony Craig's passed it. Why did we get him back?" But well, it's a good they point. Found our weak link, and that it's, was that. It's a good point, Eric. I mean, I was pulled up slightly on Twitter by um, by one chap, um, Glyn. 
Glingo, Glingo one, and he, he makes a good point. It's a fair point. Um, why is no one why is no one mentioning that Craig is very pedestrian and also gets caught flat-footed? Webster's being scapegoated. Uh, I'm wary of scapegoating one individual player. I'm well aware of the dangers of that, and especially at a club like Millwall, you know, we do love to find a boo boy and pursue them and hound them. But I think it's a fair point. Craig has been very anonymous this season so far for a player that's been brought back with the intention of being this this warrior, I think he was sold to us, wasn't he, back when we, when he signed? Mm. Haven't seen much shine of that so far. No, we haven't. But then I don't know whether or not, well, he's suddenly become a centre-half. I don't understand. I know he went and played at centre-half for other clubs and whatever, but we ain't got a left-back at the moment, and our left-back's no. a centre-half. So I, I don't understand. I mean, Beavers, Beavers um, you know, again, uh, summer, uh, uh, there's a question I raised, and... Um, People were saying he was rightly pulled off at half-time. I don't think he was rightly pulled off at half-time. We, by that stage, we were 3-0 down by, by that point. I would play Beavers in the central defence where he's of most use, not on the left side where he's, you know, he's in, not in his comfort zone at all there, is he? No, but I didn't think he had a bad... I don't understand why he was pulled off at half-time. I don't think he had the no. worst game. The, the player that should be pulled off is the one that everyone's, everyone on Twitter he's, who's been at the game is going, he's your fucking problem, let's get rid of him. But... Obviously, Neil's the man in charge, and he must know... He must see something, mustn't he? He must see he, something. Well, yeah. Well, we can only hope he sees something, because as long as it's not what Holloway saw, then we'll <laughs> be all right. <laughs> well, I mean, to me, the move was Paul Webster off, move Beavers Central and bring on Ferguson, as, which is what we had, you know, the player that came into the game at half-time. But how Webster continued through the whole of that 90 minutes is, is frankly beyond me, and I, you know, I would love to hear an explanation from... Neil Harris at some point as to what he's seen in, in uh, Byron Webster but the rest of us are, are, are failing to see but there we are as you say he's the man in charge midfield um, I don't know about Williams and Upson as a combination they're, they're not showing much at the moment Upson had a bit of a better second half but he was largely you know flat as old yesterday's old Largo that's <coughs> stood in the can overnight Harry isn't it yeah I think they all stood in a can. Maybe they were out on the lager. Maybe that's the excuse. Maybe they were all seeing double. I don't know. He, he just... Williams Williams is a strange football player. A very strange football player. Flat as the deceive. Yeah. Maybe in a better... Maybe... Oh, it sounds weird now. Maybe in a better side, you'd look better. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes the, sense, yeah. He'd get, get the time and whatever that he wants to do. Because I don't know what he wants to do. I don't even think he knows what he wants to do. No. Um, He looks... But I think... You know, we're, we're missing, as you said last week, we're missing an horrible bastard in that midfield. Now, Jimmy Jimmy is that horrible bastard without getting booked, if that makes sense. He'll yeah. win the ball back, he'll do the work for us. But if you're going to rely on Abdu, you've got to have someone willing to go there. And I suppose we're trying to play four four two with wingers in the midfield. Yeah. But it's only good if your wingers are working, which they didn't at all. No. So... I, I mean, don't know. Fred, Fred had, I mean, he, you know, I, I, I like Fred. He puts a lot into the game. He, he wasn't yeah, his most effective today, I didn't think, but he wasn't the worst player on that pitch by a long, long margin. Um, Williams, I make you right. I mean, when he first arrived at the club, I thought we'd, we'd acquired a, you know, a, a Premier League player that had slipped through everyone's net somehow. But I must admit that, that um, facet of his, of his players disappeared rapidly. He, he looked um, disinterested. Actually, today I, I didn't think he put much into it at all. Mm. Upson, I, I don't know. Um, he's he's looked very very anonymous this season so far for me. I don't know how he got picked today, to be honest. I think I think you have to. The thing is with Upson is I think it works only when you've got the ball. If we don't have the ball, he's not going to put in any changes in no. since to 
you know, and the lumping long balls from whatever defender picks it up off Ford's disastrous clearance <laughs> would end up um, lumping it long towards Morrison and you know, that didn't work because they've got some six foot tall massive basketball player. Yeah. Um like like defence really. We were playing against a team that was set up for a long ball really. I thought all their back four were big were big solid units. Well, it's an interesting point, Harry, and it's one I've made a note to myself to to bring up because we've now played three games, three competitive games this season. The way at Shrewsbury, where one of the points I remember from last week, I made it on the live piece, as poor an outfit as Shrewsbury were, they were physically strong. I mean, they they're lumps. Um, they lacked the skill that both Barnet in the week and now Coventry today have brought to to the den. These are League One players, but they are physically strong and they seem to have the, the wherewithal to be able to turn our defence inside out. It's, it's quite worrying, I find, because we don't seem to have the physicality to match it. No, and I think that's maybe the reason why Webster's in the team in the first place over someone like Nelson, yeah. um, who's obviously still... Uh, still a young kid by comparison, yeah. Yeah, and you've got Webster there sort of trying to be the, the big man in the defence. Well, I can't remember the player for them, but yeah. he had Morris in his pocket all afternoon. I mean... I well, their defender, was a, their defender was the big, the big black um, number five guy. I don't know his name. Didn't bother to find it out, nor will I. Um, but he, he had Morrison under control. He was a big lump of a player. Um, I didn't get any great sense of um, defensive now. So he was just he was just quicker than, than Morrison, stronger than Morrison, effectively. And that was enough. Yeah, I'd make you right. And I think that's what we're lacking. We're lacking someone that can go and nullify somebody else's attack. In that, in that sense, we don't have that standout defender that maybe years gone by it would have been, well, it's all right, Robbo's got him, or it's all right, Darren yeah. Ward's got him, or it's all right, whoever else you could name. But we, we lack a, a centre-half partnership because if you get rid of, if you're going to drop Webster, you're going to play Nelson there, and then Tony Craig becomes your hard man in the, like your target sort of go yeah. up and win every header. The problem with Craig is he's physically small, isn't he? Um, he's, you know, when you see him up against some of these these forwards that are coming at us at the moment, he he just doesn't look strong enough at the moment to to be able to stand his ground. Um, another player I wanted to mention because he slightly escaped under the radar out of all of this. You know, the last two performances, Lee Martin went off at half time today, replaced by Ben Thompson. But the, you know, if, if you want a definition of anonymity, Harry, that's it was Lee Martin that first half. He did nothing for me. No, I, I don't think he did, but doing nothing going for, going forward, as we said, it's a bit hard when you lump the ball 40 yards out from your back four. I mean, yeah. I, the only time I think he did touch the ball was to lay off Beavers, who had the shot which led to Gregory winning the penalty. I think that was that was the only time sort of we actually made three passes together going forward all day, other than just smashing it 40 yards long. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. He's looked a bit out of sorts. He looked... I don't know, he just, some of them look a bit like we're still on holiday, like it's still pre-season, the, you know, as soon as the goal went in, the, like, the stadium atmosphere completely changed, it was quite nice while we were uh, Yeah, no, it's pleasant. We that, but what I found interesting, in, in, in a, if you can be dispassionate about it, is when, I think we went 2-0 down um, a few minutes after the first goal, I think it was, uh, I've done very minimal preparation, listeners, for this interview with Ari, uh, normally I'll have uh, notes and people's tweets and all sorts of stuff i've got one or two i haven't done hardly any prep for it so forgive any lack of um accuracy but um, it was a few minutes after the first goal went in and with two nought down from memory another well-worked goal they passed the ball about quite well harry didn't they 
and I had people around me leaving the stadium. You know, we barely made the halfway point of the first half. People were filing for the exits. Um, there seems to be no... Um, there's no faith anymore in the, in, in the team or the ability to make a comeback. No, I think there's just it's just a lack of patience now in the sense that we're all fed up with... You know, when was the last time that we put two back-to-back omens together or something? Even oh. when was the last time before we can, that we won a game? You know, it's... It's the home form is the thing oh. where we're going to get our money, and we can't win. We can't buy a win at home. We can't buy a performance at home either. No, I mean after the game, Harris has dis- Neil Harris has described the performance as a shambles. I make him right on that. That was a shambles, and he's also referred to this strange weight of um, weight on the shoulders of playing at the Den. I mean, it, it was an interesting thing to contrast it with the trip to, to Shrewsbury last week where um, Shrewsbury were poor sides and I didn't I thought Coventry were a decent side today but there was a difference in approach a difference in mentality um, you know same set of players last week apart from one short lapse at the start of the second half made a comeback they they, they had balls you know they, they 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 found the way to get back into the game and we we, we could have been playing now on, to the, on today's performance area and we still wouldn't get anywhere close to a goal would we no, we wouldn't, and I don't. I don't know what it is. Maybe the den is a scary place to a Millwall player now because it is a toxic atmosphere. As soon as the first goal goes in, there. I mean, I don't know what the gate was. I didn't pay attention. Eleven thousand, eleven thousand one hundred ninety-seven. So we won't won't get that Tuesday night against Barnsley. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, <laughs> we, we wouldn't have got that at half time either. No. <laughs> I mean, Coventry bought a fair turnout, so they're a rarity in this league. Because obviously they're one of the bigger clubs, and they, they will bring a fair away, um, you know, following with them. That would have bumped up that um, that uh, that crowd. But there was a, there was a palpable sense of optimism pre-game. There was a lot of Millwall fans in the in the stadium today. And genuinely, I mean, all joking aside, it's going to be down to the hardest of hardcore on Tuesday night. And we again have found a way to blow all pre-season optim- optimism. Maybe that's a good thing, though. It might be a blessing in disguise. I'm trying to be, you know, I don't think we'll get thumped like that at the dead with Aris. Well, I never, I couldn't see us getting thumped at the dead, to be honest, all year. But I mean, um, I think he will take this a lot more personally than perhaps other managers would, in the sense that, you know, um, I noticed the uh, he come out in a, in a suit and blazer at, uh, at the first whistle. Yeah. By our time, the blazer had gone. He looked yeah. like he was a bit of a fight. Yeah, ready for a fight, basically. I don't know whether or not you wanted to tell Ford uh, maybe to go potato picking or something. I don't know, but... Um... Probably all he's yeah. good for, mate. I mean, I, I, there's a, a, a tweet that amused me from Neil Fizzler, who we've had on the show previously. He says, it's funny how you miss Millwall. You want to catch up with your mates, but the players find a way of smacking you in the bollocks. <laughs> they do always find a way of fucking up your day, Harry, don't they? <laughs> exactly. You know, you go there with higher hopes and somehow they'll find a way to screw it all up for you. I, I, I make you right. I do think Neil was personally angry. I mean, there's one or two tweets that I went went through from news at Den, uh, the post match conference that he's had there, and you do get a sense that he feels personally let down by players that he's invested faith and almost put his name to. I probably think the Webster, think the fall to an extent. He's picked them, and they've embarrassed him in public. Mm. Um, and I do get a sense that there's a there's a real sense of anger in him. It's going to be an interesting night on Tuesday. See who, who gets picked. I, I, I do get a sense that the kids are finally going to get their their chance to open up for better or for worse, Harry. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind getting smashed with kids if that makes sense. I'd rather mm. I'd rather see Ben Thompson, you know, have another game because I thought when he come on, he done well. I know the game was beyond them, but at least he 
put a challenge in, which is something that the midfield rarely seem to do these days. Just normally let people go around them and score. Yeah. I, I, don't know. I don't know what you're what you what you're going to see on Tuesday. You'll probably get what four thousand, five thousand over there. It's going to be at that level. It's going to be at that level. Um, there's nothing to entice many people back down the den at the moment. I'll be there because I'm fundamentally insane, and um, there's a few of us like that. But it will be down to the hardest of hardcore, Harry, won't it? Yeah, it'd be nice. I might, I might be able to get my usual two seats in block forty-five. Yeah, yeah. I had to squeeze up all these new people. Turned up. It's like you must be insane. You're, you've lost the plot as well, mate. Couple of couple of tweets here I've got here which amused me. Um, Jamie Manners, Justinian Bieber, as he calls himself, Coventry far quicker. They overran our defence because Upson Tinkerbell, which must be um, Tinkerbell, must be Byron Webster, and the fullbacks did zero tracking back. Their back line, our back line was more like a Joy Division sleeve, so <laughs> that was quite funny. That's I like very that. good. Yeah, that's quite arty. I, I, I thought I must mention that on the show. Um, Calamity Callum says he's gutted, but it's been like this for several seasons. League Two looks a real possibility. Um, Doom and Gloom on House of Fun says the same kind of thing, Harry. Um, League Two, I mean, certainly on that form, it's hard to see us, you know, mid-table would be an achievement on, on, on that showing today, wouldn't it? It would be. Um, my uh, pre-season prediction of finishing top three has gone very much out the window after watching 90, 180 minutes worth of football in the last five days. <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it seems like we just... I don't know what we lack. You can't even pinpoint... There's too much wrong to just go, oh, we just need this. Just, there seems to be nothing there. They just seem to be... I mean, apart from for me... Um... I'm going to get you to give me a hand on the on the player markings in a moment because I've started up this new tradition, which has now turned into a curse suddenly of giving marks out of ten for the players. So I'll, I'll give you my take on We're it. We're not going to the end of the season dinner, are we? Because I think we might get some casting <laughs> looks. <laughs> I've swerved it every season so far. I've got no intention to start now. Um, but yeah, I mean, Doom and Gloom describes Webster's comedy gold. I think there is a certain black comedy element to some of the defending we saw today. Uh, I don't know. I, you're right. I mean, apart from Gregory and Morrison up front, I'm not sure I'd value an on your din. I'd, I'd keep him. Thompson looked like he made a difference when he came on at half time. I felt a little bit more bite in the second half. And Cowan Hall not really on long enough to to make a difference as a substitute, was he? No, apart from I think he was the one that gave the ball away in the midfield for them to score the fourth. But yeah, we'll, we'll let him off. He made a, he made an impact of some sort. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. not the kind of impact that we want. But there we go. It's an impact. I feel I, I feel like you and me a murder scene. You know, these people going on the murder scenes have to clear up all the shit afterwards, where someone's been shot and they have to clear all the blood off the walls and do like a like a like a a, 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 a revamp of a, of a murder scene. That's you and me here. But anyway, we're going to do a murder scene of a car crash or whatever you call it for the, the team here. So how many marks mass out? Suicide. Su- suicide. Mass suicide. Marks out of ten for David Ford. I went four out of ten. I feel generous giving him four out of ten. What would you choose there, eh? Two. Two. Harry's going two, I'm going four. Um, Cummings, I thought was anonymous, but I gave him a four. I don't know, I suppose three, because at least he didn't get lobbed from 40 yards, so we'll go up like that, we'll give him a three. <laughs> Craig, anonymous, I expect better out of Craig, I've gone for four. Um, yeah, I'd match you on that, four. Four. Um, Webster, I've, I've, I'll give him a generous four, I, I, I actually toyed with three for him, but um, I've, I've gone for four, just because I'm still in the early season glow of optimism at the moment. Yeah, I'm going to give him a one. A one. Oh, a one. oh, ouch. Ouch. Harry's gone for a one. Um, Mark Beavers, I thought he did okay. He, he, he was a shot that produced the penalty chance. Um, 
And given that he's played out of position, Harry, I, I, I feel he's he's hard done by. Rumours he might be on the move to Bradford. Um, I don't know how true they are. I gave him five. Yeah, I think five's fair for him. I mean, he didn't. He weren't the worst player in the first half. No. I suppose that's not really saying much on that first half performance, but there we go. Replaced by Ferguson at half-time. I, I gave Ferguson a six. He, he does look to get forwards a little bit more. <clears throat> and I thought, I'm giving fours and fives. I wanted to give someone a decent mark. So I gave <clears throat> Ferguson a six, but I might be a, a, might be a little bit high. I don't know. What would you go with Ferguson, mate? Yeah, I think he, I think he looks solid. Um, so, yeah, I suppose five or a six. We'll go six, I'll match you. All right. On your demo, I gave six just purely because I like Fred and I don't want to downheart him, down, make him downhearted. He's a keen listener to the show. He's a keen listener to the show, I think. Yeah, yeah you... so I'll give, him a, I'll, give, I'll give him a five. Five, five from H. Williams, I've gone with five. I didn't think he was as appalling as the defence, but he wasn't brilliant either. I've gone with five on this occasion. Uh, three. Three? Oh, fuck. You're a harsh judge, you are, Harry. I'll tell you that much. Ups <laughs> uh, and five. What, what would you choose yourself then, mate? Uh, up, so I thought he didn't do as bad as maybe some people thought, so I'd probably give him a six as well, because at least he kept fighting in the second half, I think. He, he, there, I, think. I thought he brought a little bit more bite to the game in the second half, although by then we're three down, but anyway, we're, we're, that's being picky. Lee Martin, I've gone for four, because I, I just expect better out of Lee Martin. I, I believe he's got the capability to do more than what he's showing at the moment, and he just showed us nothing today. I gave him four. I'd probably give him a five, but that's because he's all the way on the other side, and I'm starting to... Uh, see all the way across the pitch. It's a very worrying, a very worrying state of affairs. Listen, mate, it don't get any better. The years, the years take that downwards. It don't get any improvement. I can tell you that much. Thompson, he, he replaced Lee Martin at half time. I'll give Thompson a six. I thought he brought the. He was the one bright, brighter spark today. I thought. Yeah, I'll give him a six. I think any Millwall player that in their professional debut gets booked for tackling someone, it's a, it's normally a good sign. It's so. a good sign for the future. And then finally, up front, uh, Lee Gregory. I gave him a five. Done well to win the penalty, but should have converted it. Uh, he worked as hard as he possibly could be expected to work with no real end results. So I gave him a five out of ten. What did you go for, H? Yeah, I think uh, a five for Gregory. I uh, don't think he could have done much more. He had that he nearly created a brilliant chance where he took it, where he sort of pulled one down out the area and just sort of ran out of room as the goalkeeper ran out. But yeah, yeah I think a five's about right. Five out of ten for Gregory, and finally Steve Morrison up front. I went with six because I don't think he was the worst player on that pitch by some distance. He did the Steve Morrison thing. Um, probably should have taken a chance. I remember towards the latter part of the second half, a side-footed effort on goal that the goalkeeper got down quite easily to to take. Um, and I just wanted to give someone a, a, a reasonable mark of some sort, so I gave him six. Yeah, I think six is is fair enough for Morrison. I mean, he could have scored the chance you just talked about, or the one that Gregory somehow managed to clear off the line. Oh, that one! I've forgotten that one. Yeah, that was that was a bizarre moment, wasn't it? There was it was actually on the line. He still couldn't get it across. So um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh Jesus Christ! I think, that that's, up, I think it summed up the whole day. Um, we the one um, saving grace of football, I suppose, is you have a quick opportunity to turn it around on Tuesday night. I think we're going to have to expect sweeping changes in that team. Um, certainly some of the um, the names and characters we've talked about can't be uh, if, they're, if they're picked again I'd be surprised on Tuesday yeah definitely I mean if Webster starts Tuesday night I might just leave at 7 <laughs> <laughs> just bet it live in play now suddenly go for 5 nils to Barnsley and we'll, we'll be alright because very very uh, very very suspect at the back at the moment 
Oh, well, out-muscled, out-paced and out-thought by a more experienced manager. I think that's probably the best we can say on today's shambles and we move onwards. Um, well done, H. Well done for pitching up on this show again. You're going to be avoiding my calls. I've, every, all of these co-hosts that I have listeners are going to be avoiding my calls soon because it's just a misery, misery well, fest. I don't think I've ever been on when we've won. So. <laughs> I Listen. don't know whether or not that's a reason never to invite me back or the fact that no one likes me. It's one or the other. But, um, yeah. <laughs> it's good to have you on the show, mate. I was, when I'm selling outside, I often talk people bring their kids along and they're telling me how that little Johnny's not seen us win ever or something. You get stories like that outside. I thought, oh, my God, you know. Welcome to a lifetime of misery, kids. This is what it's like. It don't improve. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Appreciate your time. Thanks a lot, Harry. Cheers, mate. Take it easy. Speak soon. continues in goal, we are down. If Webster continues in defence, we are down. If Martin continues on the left wing, we are down. Harris, you know what? Sort it out. Stop, stop, stop thinking about all the wage bill. Get rid of them. They're crap. Sort it out. Archer in goal. Steve Nelson in defence. Paris Carroll on the wing. Job done. Thank you. Goodbye. You right, Nick? Good evening. Um, this is East Upper Lion or Mickey1828 on Twitter. Absolutely distraught about this afternoon. Um, absolutely terrible performance. First time in down the season. Swerved by the game because, uh, well, quite frankly, it's kind of cut first round in fancy it. But uh, yeah, first league game of the season. Up for it. You know, thought it'd be a good crowd. Half decent for League One, turned up and just, it was atrocious. I mean, Gregory missing the penalty, you know, yeah, it just, it just is what it is. Penalties and misses are just happening, but just dire from then on. Absolutely dire. I mean, Webster was just atrocious all afternoon. I mean, for the first half, he was just at sea. Absolutely at sea. I mean, let alone League One, he was not even fit for the Sunday Park. It was, I could not believe it. I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. I'm a season ticket holder in the East Upper Stand, wishing me team on. I pay good money for that seat, and I'm up there screaming the heart out, and I couldn't wait to be down there this afternoon. I've was, I was, I been waiting all summer for this, and I'm sitting up there, and... You know, I'm seeing what I'm seeing and it is just terrible. It really is terrible. I just cannot tell you how despondent I am. Harris in charge, he's the man for the job. He really is. But the players are not doing the job. Webster's not, he's not there. He's just not, he's not for Millwall. He really isn't. Um, we need to get, I think, I think we need to get Sid in there with Craig, a couple of Millwall boys. Through and through, you know, Web, forget Webster, you know, I'm not even going to speak his name anymore. But Cummings was so far off his man, I was sitting there, the geezer was just 
20 yards off him from in a hole of the first half. He was 20 yards away. He just wasn't... He was so far away. They were pinging balls across the park to the left midfield. Our Cummings were so far off him. It was just... It was scary. It really was. You wouldn't see that on a Sunday park. Um, Williams, I mean, I like the player. I really do. But he was just all at sea this afternoon. He didn't know what was going on. You know, he was just all over the place. The ball was going over his head. He was just, it was, it was a Disneyland Paris. Didn't know what was going on. He was still on his holidays. Scary. It's scary. We got Barnsley on Tuesday night. Probably get turned over again on that performance. The boys were in on Sunday, and I rightly so. They need to come in. They need a punishment. They need, they need a right talking to. Webster needs to be sold. Yesterday, he's atrocious. Williams needs a fucking kick up the backside. Let me tell you that. Um, other than that, I don't know. Just a regroup. Go again. Coventry was no amazing side, but they just uh, they just showed us up. They really did. It's embarrassing. I pay my season ticket. If that's what's going to go on, then I'm going to look for a refund. Let me tell you, it is just scary. League One, we should we should be doing well in this side. We should be doing really really well in this in this league. And it's, it's, you know, today was just an absolute embarrassment. Signing out, Mickey Williams, East Upper, Block 18. See you later. Yes, indeed, it is a Sunday morning nightmare, listeners, isn't it? A nightmare not seen really since the departure of the clown back in March. Um, I thought I would leave my post-match review and thoughts to the cold light of a Sunday morning. And having slept on it, yesterday's 4-0 thumping by Coventry hasn't got any better. Um, speaking to John Kelly of the News at Den after the game yesterday, Neil Harris's anger was, was clear. I mean, a couple of tweets I've picked up on here. Harris says to Kelly, uh, I didn't speak to anyone individually yesterday. I'm far too angry. I spoke to them collectively. Um, they're going to be in, the squad will be back in training this morning. Um, clearly there is, uh, word, there are words to be had with certain individuals in that group. Speaking about the game, Harris says missing the penalty certainly didn't help, but their first goal, Coventry's goal, changed it, and we just didn't react. No, we didn't. And Harris, interestingly, is not blaming David Ford for that goal. I, I do blame David Ford and many, many others around the internet do blame him for that. It was called far too far off his line and got lobbed from distance. Um, Harris, showing, I suppose, commendable loyalty, says that Ford took up, took up a starting position off of their centre-halves for the first goal. They were pushing up, but it was magic from Armstrong, the Coventry player, great technique. He did take it well, in, in fairness to him. But Ford made it very, very easy for him to go one goal up so soon after the missed penalty um, early on in the game. Tony Mowbray, the uh, nearly said the Middlesbrough manager there. Did you see how it ro nearly rolled off my tongue, listeners? Tony Mowbray, the Coventry manager, a canny old operator, as we've said already in the show, says that it's not for him to offer advice to Neil Harris, but nobody outside football understands the pain of defeat. Um, I think fans understand the pain of defeat, Tony, because we pay the money to watch that shit. Um, but he does go on to say that it's pleasing when you work on a game plan and it pays off. 
I think possibly on a serious level, that is going to be a problem that we have with a, a young manager, one who's still learning his trade. Mowbray clearly come into the den with an intent to play a certain way, and he, he did that and contained us very easily, very well, and hit us on the counter punch, and we really didn't have any any um, anything in reply. A few bits and pieces from the House of Fun. Sparrow at work here praises the Coventry side. He thought their 8 and 9 were very good and their 10 was outstanding, seeing as, seeing as he's only 18 years old. Haven't seen a player like that run a game for a long while. I think you're right, Sparrow. I think that Coventry did play well. They did play to a clear and simple game plan. They passed the ball very well. I thought they zipped it around in a way that we just couldn't yesterday. And I think you're right, they do have one or two good quality players. I see them as contenders for the division, to be absolutely honest. The, the mysteriously named mystery guest on House of Fun is surprised that no one has mentioned how poor we were, Millwall, adapting to commentary style of play. Mystery Guest says a flat 4-4-2 never works against teams who are intent on picking the ball up between the lines. Shuffling our shape side to side just allowed Coventry the whip for the pitch and we never dealt with it until Williams was told to sit between the back four and midfield with Morrison out on the right. Um, so I suppose that was an attempt to adapt but by that stage of course we were two or three goals down. Um, I remember, Mystery Guest goes on to say, I remember having similar problems under Jacket with two banks of four and the opposition getting a free run at our defence. It's going to be a massive learning curve for Harris, he says, in terms of being brave enough to adapt during the game. 4-4-2 was never the right choice today, especially with the midfield we have at present. Interesting stuff, Mystery Guest. Um, 4-4-2 was not the right choice, he says. Um, clearly we got exposed yesterday and we were unable to um, deal with what was coming at us I think also you have to put down whatever the tactical faults were yesterday the sheer lack of energy from certain major individuals who we won't name again because we've flogged them to death in this show already and you know who they are dear listener don't you you know who the guilty men are from yesterday Jason Bourne, fantastic post. I just want to read it in its entirety, Jason. So, well done for this. Um, Jason is at posting yesterday on the House of Fun, having digested what he'd watched yesterday. Um, he also puts the, the, the defeat down to a lesson in tactics. When we missed the penalty, Coventry hit us with three sucker punches in 15 minutes. In 15 minutes, Bam, 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 he says. And lo and behold, we're 3-0 down. Their players', players tails were up, whilst ours dropped after the miss. Now, Jason blames uh, the le levels to blame at the midfield pairing of Upson and Ed Upson and Sean Williams. As Coventry went for our midfield like a dose of salt in that period. I think I compared it with a lamppost that you're driving past on the motorway. They're just standing there as, you, as, as the opposition were flying through us. Um, Morrison saw this, he says, and dropped back in right midfield to narrow the space in the centre, as otherwise we could have conceded even more. Thompson at that stage could have made a difference, he says, if it had started. And he agrees with the general feeling that's going around that Upson and Williams can't play together. Indeed, he says Williams can fuck off as far as he's concerned. He doesn't seem to get stuck in. Um, Morrison um, played a good game, he feels, and appears to be relishing the more senior role that he's been given since his return to the den. Uh, Coventry then controlled the rest of the game as the game uh, as the match was already won, he says, and hopes that Harris will learn from this and the players will develop some tactical nous as it was missing yesterday. Could it be a blessing in disguise, Jason asks. Um, if we learn from it and if we do adapt for Tuesday, yes, it could do, Jay Jason. Um, and as he rightly says, Mowbray is no clown, has been around the block a few times and has managed at all levels. And I do think that that is an issue at the moment. I mean, um, Neely's learning his, his, his trade, as we've said, and he was up against one of the cannier operators in the division. 
Um, so there we are, dear listeners. Um, our first misery show of the new season. Big test, huge test for Neil Harris on Tuesday evening versus Barnsley at the Den. Um, it's going to be a much reduced atmosphere in the ground that night. The attendance, I would speculate, will be in with, with a six at the start of it. Um, six something thousand. Um, Harris's post-match comments spoke volumes, I thought, about his reaction to certain players and they're, they're, they're not hurting as much as, as he feels they should. That speaks volumes for me. Uh, so clearly, defensively and midfield, I feel we're going to get changes. We have to get changes based on yesterday's showing. At the very minimum, I expect Ford, Webster and Williams to be dropped. And I would personally also argue for Lee Martin to be dropped as well. What do you think? Do you think that's that, that's fair, listeners? Um, now, nobody's going to fault Neil Harris, in my opinion, for making the right choices. It really is still very early in the season. But nevertheless, now is the time to remove the remnants of the old regime that have failed us these past few years. And as yesterday's shambles demonstrated, these are men who continue to fail us, even now. We'll be back next week, listeners. I will be at uh, Scunthorpe, Jesus, Scunthorpe away next week. I shall be covering that on your behalf. So send your thank yous to me at cblthemag at hotmail.co.uk. Tweet me, why don't you, at cbl underscore magazine on Twitter. Um, or phone in your comments. I always love to hear from what you know the, the comments that people phone in. O two o eight one four four o two three two. If you're calling from abroad, why don't you call from abroad? There's a lot of global listeners to this show, and I want to hear from you. So to get us here, it's plus four four two o eight one four four o two three two. Call us. I want to hear from you wherever you are on this planet. Thanks for listening, listeners. We'll see you next week. Achtung, Millwall. You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.